We're back with another episode of Franchise My Business, the podcast for franchisors hosted by franchisors. I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and we're back with another amazing guest interview. I don't know about you. I'm not a female, but I'm married to one. I know what it's kind of like for her to work in corporate America. And I know that there's a different set of opportunities, we'll call them, that get pointed out to you when you're in corporate America and you're a hard-driving female executive. You see opportunities to create value for others through those experiences. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So if you're a female working in corporate America today, and you've got like business ownership ambition in you, turn this bad boy up and tune everything out for the next 25 minutes because my guest, Mayumi Young, founder and CEO of CPA Moms, is going to drop some fire today and I can't wait to get into this conversation. So without further ado, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Um, as we were visiting a little bit beforehand, you know, kind of tapping into your story and stuff, I'm like, oh, we need to stop talking about this privately and just start hitting record. <laughs> So why don't you give us a quick background update before you started um, CPA Moms and just tell us what you were doing in, in corporate America. Sure. Um, I started as a traditional CPA in the big four. So I worked for um, Pricewaterhouse and did my tour of duty, if you will. Um, I went, I got recruited out of a public and went into a corporate and did a lot of international finance for a telecom company. And then decided it was time to um, find more meaning to my life and chose to become an entrepreneur in 2000. So uh, CPA Moms is actually my third business that I was founder and CEO of. And uh, the rest is history. We think we're going to learn more about that in a sec. Yeah, (laughs) no, we will. We will. Because we're going to go from 2000 and we're going to jump straight to 2008, if I recall. October of 2008, basically what is now CPA Moms, right, gets launched. Let's talk about what was happening earlier in 2008. You know, the world is not doing amazing. We're in the middle of a financial meltdown that we had not seen since the Great Depression. And uh, and you start a business. What the heck was going on? <laughs> um slight masochism and a lot of um, spiritual inspiration, we'll call it. Uh, Back in 2000, when I became an entrepreneur, I made a promise at that time um, that I was no no longer going to work just for money, that for me, it had to have both purpose and profit. And, um, you know, I honored and, and kept that promise. And really, the agreement is if I'm called, forward, I answer the call. So CPA Moms at the time was an answer to a question that I was holding that I think a lot of people were holding at that time, which is what am I supposed to do next? What, what, you know, the business that I was in, um, wasn't going, actually my husband and I were working on a business together and it was all around uh, real estate investing and that went up in flames. And so, um, and we know before- Did it go up in flames because of 2007 and eight? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah just destruction. Yeah, it was a, a meltdown of a whole level that I will still I still have the wounds and the scars. Yeah, I'm sure. you um, do. But, you know, it everything is perfect and always right and happens the way it's supposed to. And mm-hmm. and, um, you know, really what 
what came out of it was just a, a searching, right? Like I, I want to do something that's meaningful. I wanted to use my gifts and talents and, um, and I wanted to serve. And so I had the opportunity. It was really, um, it came because somebody asked me to coach a woman who had been a stay-at-home mom for eight years. Mm. And I had already been coaching entrepreneurs around, the, around money. And I was frustrated at how bad the accountants were that, that they were using. And when I coached this CPA who was a stay-at-home mom, um, how to re-enter the workplace, a sort of light bulb went off. And I just saw this incredible opportunity to support entrepreneurs with something that I felt they were missing, which is a much higher quality caliber professional accountant, mm -hmm. as well as help that CPA mom who I saw back in my Price Waterhouse days go through a one-way revolving door, spend all this time and energy getting her license, which is incredibly difficult to do. It's like getting yeah. your MD or JD mm -hmm. and then go on maternity leave and never come back. And then like all this untapped talent that had to choose between having a family or a career. I just thought that was dumb. Like, I why agree. should we have to choose? Yeah. So 2008 came, I answered the call and here we are. That's beautiful. I love that as well. I love that really wasn't you or on your own voice and it's like hey you felt called to do this and the whole the whole purpose and profit thing like makes it so that's meaningful like you'll stick through it and you've been at it a long time so it's you, know, you launched this thing in 2008 we're recording this in 2023 so what are we talking 15 years yes. a decade and a half you've got this baby this baby Baby is your babe. Your your baby is your company, yeah. and another world event takes place because you're a masochist. We get a pandemic, and you're like, "Hey, let's start franchises." As a matter of fact, April of 2020, like April of 2020, was when everybody was totally freaked out, locked in their houses, like wondering what's going to happen. As a matter of fact, I don't even think Uncle Sam had had their the the business plan, you know, the rescue funds available. And you decide to go start a new business because when you franchise, it's a new business. What, what's going on with you? I love it. I think it, I think it's beautiful well, that you fly you fly into the the burning fire and say, "Hey, I'm going to go create something." Yeah. Well, the <laughs> the wheels were already in motion, so I had chosen to franchise at the beginning of the year. I was okay. already a good two thirds, three quarters of the way into the development process when the pandemic happened. And I had about 60 seconds of, okay, do we press on or do we stop? And I, I say only 60 seconds because it wasn't a difficult choice for me to make. Mm -hmm. I felt so strongly in what we had created and what we were doing in the, in, in the, you know, the value that we were bringing to the marketplace that right. I felt like I, I had a, an obligation in some way to, to, to carry forward. Um, <clears throat> and while everyone else was making sourdough bread and using up my zoom, which, you know, <laughs> half the world didn't even know existed. Uh, well, I, I mean, I probably worked harder than I had ever worked, um, really to try to, myself and a lot of professionals, accountants, mm -hmm. especially trying to understand the new laws. It's like 
jumping out of the plane while they're still building the parachute, trying to, <laughs> we didn't get the parachute. They just yeah. said, hey, go talk to your accountant. They know. We're like, we do? We do, yeah, we know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyways, my my so CPA yes. was like, "What? we don't know any more than you. I'm like, oh, we don't that's, know, encour- exactly. that's encouraging. Thank you. Or actually the line <laughs> I got, you know what the line, my, my, I love my accountant. He's always like, yeah, we're still looking for more guidance on that. I'm like. <laughs> Very PC. Just, just say pound sand, Kevin, we'll let you know. Like, I would appreciate that much more. Just pound sand, we'll let you know. Love it. So let's talk about when you awarded your first franchise. So you start franchising, yeah. basically, was it in April of 2020? You got somebody yeah. to say, let's go? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we started um, having conversations even before we launched just to okay. check the temperature of our um, network and community. And when we were official, we were able to circle back to those that expressed interest and um, pretty quickly had our first franchise owner. I think her official official start date was June, but there was, Mm -hmm. I think she signed in early May, uh, within a few weeks of us actually completing our um, legal documents. So like from January to you know, April, you're like, Hey, we got the majority of this thing baked, uh, and built what resource, like, how did you figure out how to build it? Did you go on the internet? Did you, you know, talk to mentors, advisors? Did you hire consultants? Like, how did you, cause a lot of people don't know where to start. And so a lot of times yeah. they'll go to an attorney is what I've found. They'll be like, Oh, I need to figure out the legal aspect. How did you start? Like figuring I- out how to build your franchise system. So two things. Um, I had a lot of it built because I was um, an agency before I was a franchise. So it was already helping to build CPA practices um, and lead generating, creating lead generation for them and and so forth. So I had a lot of training and some of the systems already done, Um, but I'm not foolish enough to endeavor into something as big as this on my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. If there's anything I've learned as an entrepreneur, the longer I become an entrepreneur, the more I realize I don't know. Um, I was less humble uh, my first few years in my in, when I launched as an entrepreneur and, and much more mm-hmm. clear that uh, we need help. Um, Your so ego gets I, squashed right away real quick. when you decide. I mean, really I had a big ego when I started this company eight years ago, and it took about 60 days, and that ego was gone. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm right, a little bit more stubborn. It. it took me a little longer to think yeah. that I couldn't figure it out on my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I hired a franchise developer who I love and would recommend okay, cool. to anybody. Um and there's a go ahead lot. and give him a shout out on the go ahead and give him a okay, shout out on yeah. the air. Who are they? Uh, Rick Grossman with Franchise Hub. He is amazing. Franchise okay. Bible Coach. He is incredible, amazing. Um, you know, just gets the whole idea of servant leadership. Understands mm-hmm. that you need to put you know franchise success as your priority, and just completely shares the value this, that I have, which is you know this is um, this is a relationship and. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so yes, um, he and I had been friends. He was an advisor. Of course, I, tu- I thought I turned all my alarms off. I thought I told you to muzzle noise. the dogs, I mute the phones, all put duct the tape things. on the husband's mouth. I, you know. But I love it. You know, it adds listen. some levity to our show. It adds levity, right? <laughs> my apologies. All no. Right, all the alarms are Who off. Who cares? Um, <laughs> Let's go. It's all right. So yeah, no, um, 
I, I, you know, he, he had all the relationships. He brought my mm-hmm. franchise attorney to the table. He answered, I got a PhD in franchise law and rules and how you, the do's and don'ts in about six months. I was fire hosed and, um, and he was, uh, he was amazing. I, I, I couldn't imagine doing this without somebody with his brain yeah. trust. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, pulling upon mentors, consultants or whatever, it definitely helps you collapse time. And yes. it's one resource that none of us can create more of. I mean, we just Absolutely. really can't. So uh, we can we can always make money, but it's like really hard to create time. So you have to buy it back. I mean, it's Absolutely. really the best way to do it. Matter of fact, this book, I'll pimp it out here on the air. Uh, Buy Back Your Time by Dan Martell. I've talked about it a lot, but it's really a great, particularly if you're a franchisor. I wish I wish this book would have been around, you know, a decade ago. Uh, but it's all about getting help and buying back your time at a rate that is profitable for you, so you can go work on the next rung of things that need to be tended to in the business. So today, like you guys have a really different model, which I want to tap into because I think a lot of times. When people think about a franchise, uh, they think about a territory, you know, a, a designated area that is theirs. And you, you all have taken a different approach, which I think is really, really cool. Can you just share with uh, share with me real quick, like how your franchise works from a franchisee perspective? Um, you know, if there's huge capex that's involved, which I know the answer to. Um, kind of, te- I'm giving you softballs here, right? <laughs> giving you softballs. I'm going to throw you softballs, but tell us a little bit about what it's like for the franchisee as well as uh, like who they can serve, um, where they're operating, et cetera. Sure. Um, so I feel like we're more of, there's a lot in our system that in our, and we call it an ecosystem that's we, we say is more done for you. Um, in a way, I feel like we're more of an incubator accelerator than a, fr- a typical franchise. Um, we use the franchise legal system to create um, transparency and yeah. equality and, and win, win, win. Um, but in reality, how we implement and created the model was to um, take most of the lift off of the professional working mom who is becoming an entrepreneur for the first time and recognizing Mm -hmm. that it's difficult to do it all at once. And even if we give them everything on a silver platter, they still have to go through the resource of time, money and energy, which takes Mm -hmm. time away from their family. And so we made a conscious choice to try to do as much for them as possible and piecemeal what they would take on and what they would learn over time, which I don't think is very common in the franchise world. I obviously don't know everything there is out there. So in our ecosystem, I haven't heard that approach yet. It's like, so in our ecosystem, we do everything. Yeah. We do lead generation, which is now starting to convert into client generation. Um, we do billing services like third-party billing, so they don't have to worry about that. We have custom tech. We, um, have training that isn't a week or, you know, typically I, I hear that franchise training Mm -hmm. is a very short segment of time. And then you have sort of optional training or monthly Mm -hmm. check-ins or whatever. Well, we designed everything around almost like an MBA program. So we actually call it MBA one, MBA two, mastering the business of accounting, so cool. we meet weekly for at least a year. And now we're actually adding a second year um, structured um, 
sort of real world application. If, if you think of, if you want to become an MD, mm-hmm. you go through a residency program before you're yeah. actually able to cut somebody open and, you know, perform surgery on their heart. Right. Well, we right. don't do that in the accounting world. And so um, there's something to be said for in our model, in a way you're kind of getting paid paid to learn um, how to elevate yourself as an entrepreneur. So um, from their perspective, I feel like we've given them a really clean bridge Mm -hmm. to transition from being an employee, both from a mindset perspective and technical experience um, into really learning how to become a six and seven figure firm owner. Um, They have the ability to serve clients anywhere in the world. There is no competition. It's only collaboration. Franchise owners are constantly sending leads and clients across to each other. Um, everyone sort of has each other's back. And we say that you're independent, but not alone. Um, mm. You know, the reality is, you know, you if you go alone, you can go fast. But if you go together, you'll go far. And yeah. really, it's just it's it's about um, appreciating the fact that there's a huge market out there and um, nobody needs to compete with with anyone else. So we have. Um, let's see. Yeah, we have no territories. Everything is 100 percent virtual. <laughs> I mean, you have the option to work in the office, but why carry all those operating costs? You don't need them. Um, it gives them the ability to raise their kids from home. Um, and long before COVID taught everyone that it was possible to work remotely. I was beating that Mm -hmm. drum for about 20 years. And so (laughs) I've been beating it since 2007. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I didn't understand why people didn't think it was possible, but Oh (laughs) yeah, no, like I, yeah, I even heard, I even, uh, I'll leave names off the air, but uh, somebody once told me that I work for that, Working from home was code for effing off. Those were the exact uh, words. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, that's polar opposite and very yeah. finite thinking. And so I'm guessing yeah, that school. that message, I'm guessing, yeah, it's really old school. Really. It's not what today's, you know, if, if somebody's thinking about buying a business, I mean, it's it's not what they're looking for. You know, the, yeah. if a lot of people aren't, they don't necessarily want a physical wear that they have to go to. Um, so that's really cool. I love the flexibility. And furthermore, I love the collaboration aspect. I've seen franchise systems that are highly collaborative between their, their franchisees and as well as the relationship with franchisor. And then I've seen kind of more of that corporate hierarchy where it's like, yeah. oh, us yeah. versus them, whether it's between Z's or, you know, the Z and the Zor. And um, I keep coming back to this word harmony, you know, harmony uh, working together, collaborating is a way more fun way of doing business. Like completely, it's way more fun. It's way more rewarding. So kudos for, for, um, for being intentional about the way that you've built this thing. I do want to go back to something cause, cause you dropped the ultimate cliche on me and I don't know too many people who actually write their business model on a paper napkin, <laughs> But that's what you did. And back in 2008, at the bottom of the napkin, you had a, you had the F word in there. Like you, you planted the seed of franchising. Yeah. Like, that's super cool. Where were you when you wrote that down on a napkin? Tell me you were at the prototypical oh, bar or restaurant. I was not at a bar or a restaurant. <laughs> um, I actually don't remember. I think I was probably in my home office yeah. at the time. 
But yeah, no, it was, it was very clear. It was so simple. It was, um, and it was, you know, it was really an answer to the question, how do I exit? And the word mm -hmm. exit meant, how do I take myself out of an operating role? Correct. Yeah. And yeah. Um, not exit the business entirely, but, you know, shift. Elevate into, your role. Yeah. Thank sure. you. Elevate it. Yeah. And I, I wrote franchise and I knew nothing really about franchises at the time. Um, I just <laughs> understood that it was a system. I understood e-myth and the principles mm -hmm. of you know, leverage and systems. And I've always considered myself more of a financial architect in a systems brain and financial models and revenue models. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and so it just made a lot of sense and it matched my personality. So awesome. I don't like reinventing awesome. the wheel. No, you're not, you're not, but you are doing amazing work. You know, I've got, I've got a daughter who's nine and I think about, you know, what her life looks like in the workplace. Um, and then, and then my wife, who's a huge influence on me uh, professionally, and then you know naturally as as her as her mate, I'm listening to things that she brings to the table. And so I think it's super super admirable that you've identified a target audience that you want to serve with your franchise, and then given them a, a vehicle that that involves purpose and meaning, which I think we all want in work and what we yes. do, you know. And and if you have that. This since we're since this is the cliche episode, we'll just drop another one. If you have that right, everything else just kind of works out. Um, as long as you're because because when the times are tough, like that that really commitment to what you're working on will make you push through the dip and and make you persevere and do the hard work when times are challenging. And the one thing that I think we both know in entrepreneurship is you will always have challenges, always. Yes. And you don't want those challenges to be so big for you to throw in the towel. Right. Yeah. If you don't have, well, they say it all the time. If you don't have a big enough, why, um, it's not going to get you over the, the obstacles that are absolutely mm -hmm. on, on the path. I mean, everyone has them, but yep. I think the bigger the game that you play, the bigger, the obstacles that you, you have to, you know, overcome. And, um, I, I completely agree about, you know, it is a very, being an entrepreneur is one of the most challenging uh, ways of growing as a human being. Being a parent is probably uh, only the one that's, that's more challenging than being an entrepreneur, yeah. but they're pretty close because your businesses do become your babies in a way. Yes, they do. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that I had an opportunity early on to, because we were successful as a firm without the whole CPA mom's piece of it. And I had an opportunity to ask myself that question, like, are you going to be an ordinary firm and change your brand name? Because we had to for some regulatory rules within the <laughs> right? accountancy world, not even franchise world. We have two regulatory bodies. Being CPAs, we have the Board of Accountancy and Federal Trade Commission because, you know, yay, I'm, you know, regulation. Why not? Yay, um, regulation and, <laughs> and taxes. I mean, let's just let's, call them taxes, yeah, let's do right? That. Yeah. Um, so we had an opportunity to let that part go. And because we had a thriving practice, and I woke up and was very clear that this is what gets me up in the morning. It is the opportunity to get letters from 15, you know, well, she not 15 at the time. I think she was an eight year old daughter of one of our professional moms 
wrote a letter about how she loved that her mom was there for her when she got home from school, could help her with her homework. I mean, if that doesn't like melt your heart and like break your heart wide open, I mean, that got me through like another year. Uh, just knowing that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's some rocket fuel for the entrepreneur who's <laughs> trying to build fuel. something. Yeah, Absolutely. it is. Because then you know that you have this incredible ripple effect, that you're not just serving yeah. the franchise owner, but every single person they employ and their families, Heck yeah. their families yeah. and generations to come. Like you'll never really, when you are socially focused and impact focused, you'll never know the degree to which the impact that you've made has in the world. And so um, we actually, you know, stand behind um, social enterprises so much that when I restructured our enterprise this year, um, the legal structure that sits behind our enterprise is actually um, called Makana, which means gift in Hawaiian. And it was Mm. organized under a public benefit corporation. And we're setting ourselves up to become an actual B Corp which, um, if you know anything Look about B Corps, it's really all about um, stakeholder, um, everyone winning and being, um, yeah. you know, responsible, not just for, you know, the shareholders profiting, but for everyone, uh, every stakeholder yeah. winning, including the planet. Um, so I just, uh, I, I, I love that you, you talk about your wife and your daughter and, and, um, the world that you want them to live and thrive in. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me looking at the challenges that professional working women face, um, and continue to, we talked about harmony earlier. Um, Mm -hmm. really we're after work-life harmony. We're after shattering the statistics and, um, you know, I just, I, I, I gag when I hear that, I think less than 4% of women-owned businesses ever make seven figures. I gag when I hear that 20% of um, women are par- make partners in the accounting industry when over 60% of the industry is female. I, I just, I gag, I gag with all of these, these statistics that demonstrate that we still haven't worked out the actual design of business Mm -hmm. that is a match for what women want and need these days to thrive. It's, um, it's a design problem. And so where we stand is, well, let's create a new model, a new design, like what Mr. Fuller says, don't, you know, you don't want to change the way people think, just, um, create a tool, the use of which will create new ways of thinking. So, you know, we just want to be the example of what's possible. Beautiful. If people want to learn more about you and or your company, like what's the best place for them to go Probably get some information? Your website? What's, yeah, the, what's the web address? CPAMoms.com. Short and simple. CPAMoms.com. Yes. Mayumi, this has been a breath of fresh air. Thank you for sharing this this half hour with me and more importantly with the people that are listening. Um, I'm super excited to see what you do. I really am. Thank I don't you. just say that. Like I, I think that your heart and your, your efforts are in the right place and, um, you're doing some cool stuff. And so that's, uh, that's a word. That's, that's a noble cause, right? It's a noble cause. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate just you inviting me to come and share as my favorite topic is talking about our franchise owners and, and their success and the vision we have for the world. And so thank you for giving me this platform to share. My pleasure. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, <laughs> I know that if you listen to this episode, maybe if you're a female, maybe if you're a dad who's got a daughter, you see some of the issues that that same sometimes females just have to manage and 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 go against the mountains that that us guys don't, right? If this resonated with you, chances are it resonated with somebody in your life. Go ahead and do me a favor and text this episode right now to them and just say, hey, I was thinking about you. Check this out. My second ask is super short. If you value what we're doing at Franchise My Business, it, it would mean the world to me if you just smash that subscribe button right now. Until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and I hope that you have a phenomenal week. 